Welcome to Living Orthodoxy, an invitation to a deeper life in Christ, a podcast of St. Philip Orthodox Church in Souderton, Pennsylvania, dedicated to connecting the liturgical and spiritual life of the Orthodox parish with the life of the Orthodox home, presenting the weekly homilies of our parish pastors, Father Noah Buscelli and Father James Thayer, as well as discussions of the liturgical year and Orthodox life and practice by Justin Gold and Jeff Hyatt. Welcome to Living Orthodoxy. Today, I have the opportunity to sit down with Father Noah Buscelli and talk a little bit about his vision for the ministry here at St. Philip and the way that all of us can be involved in, in serving. And so, welcome, Father Thank Noah. you, David. Nice to be here in the library with you. So, why don't we start out a little bit by just talking about your... Kind of philosophy or your your view of the foundation of ministry what is what is your vision for us here at st philip what does that look like well you're going to be tired of hearing me say this i'm sure but salvation is the free gift that costs everything mm. the free gift that costs everything and so ministry mm. is what we do because we're thankful mm. because we're alive if a man is in Christ, he is a new creation. And that new creation is not for himself or herself, but for everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's just a direct correlation with God's goodness. So you had a, a statement that was in the newsletter, maybe two newsletters ago, about every steward is a servant. And I think it also said every member has a ministry. So to be a Christian is to be a minister, right? It's not, a, it, it's not an optional piece. Yeah, yeah. So when a, when a child or an adult is baptized, they're called the servant of God. Mm. The servant of God. But that servant of god is not an isolated thing. It's part of the community. Mm. You know, where is your parish? The, the, the priest will be asked, well, who's your bishop? Who's your bishop? If you can't answer who your bishop is, then <laughs> you're not a priest. Right. You know, if you can't ask, well, where do you go to church? Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay. Well, where do you take Holy Communion? All of those things. You know, we're not Christians in isolation. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as an isolated Christian. Mm-hmm. Even, even the great ascetics, hermits, had a community. Maybe they only saw their community once a month, once a year. They were part of a community. Mm-hmm. They were sent from that community to pray, sent from that community to colonize the desert or the steeps of Russia or something like that. So so the community and that community involves cooperation. You know, we could all say, well, every steward is servant, every child has a chore. Mm. <laughs> we're all God's children. Yes. And we're in God's house, and we should all have chores. Mm. Mm. Yeah. These are our labors of love. This is our labor of love. Yeah. So the liturgy is itself a, an act of, it's a, it's a work, it's a labor on all of our part, not just for the clergy, but for all of us. I've heard you say to guests before that you should be tired by the time you're done with the liturgy, especially if you're a guest and you're not used to it, but for all of us, because we are, we are offering our bodies as living sacrifices to God in that moment, and then ministry beyond that flows out of, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Our main ministry as a community is to offer the unbloody sacrifice that the priest does on behalf of all and for all, mm-hmm. as we as we chant. Um, but again, my fear is that uh, that modern contemporary Americans are consumers rather than servants, mm. and we can become religious consumers. Mm. Ah, the service was beautiful today. Ah, oh, the homily was good. I got something out of it. It's mm. all consumer, me, me, me oriented. Mm-hmm. But we should not be that way, because we're going to be judged according to our love 
and our sacrifice. Mm. And so generosity and hospitality and ministry all give us an opportunity to give back. Mm. To give back from our financial means, to give back from the warmth and the, the beauty that we have in our hearts and our homes and our parish, and ministry to give back our talents. Mm. So we don't stand at the judgment seat and have nothing to say. Mm. So we can say to God, I may have been a worthless servant, but I did my best. I really tried. Mm. I mean, I really, you know, I really tried. I really I worked hard. I did this. I welcomed people into my home. We're always going to say, Lord, have mercy. Mm. That's our defense. But it would be nice to be able to say that with a little bit of, a little bit of, I'm trying to be like you. Yes. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. So that's the, the vision is so that we can be real Christians. <laughs> mm. We can be real. So our orthodoxy is in action, not just Sunday morning, not just when we're standing at our icons, but really every moment of our life. And that uh, the other thing too is I'm just realizing as a priest getting older, I only have so much energy and I only have so many talents and there are people here at our parish that are better at things than I am. But I'm the only priest that's here. I'm the only one that can do these particularly priestly and pastoral things. So it's my job, as St. Paul told the Ephesians, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. So I guess my philosophy of ministry has been become more and more practical. It's both for the building up of the church, but it's it's to exercise, you know, the everybody's royal priesthood. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I was struck by a comment um, a moment ago where you talked about uh, it having to do with with love, and thinking that you know love love always manifests itself. In, in action of some kind, action of word, action of physical doing. Sometimes it feels good, sometimes it's hard, sometimes love is laborious, um, but it always manifests itself. And so if we're saying we love God, we're saying we love our neighbor. St. John talked, talked about that in his epistle. If you say you love your brother, but you ignore his needs, you're a liar. So. Part of this manifesting our love for God would just by nature overflow in service. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Don't tell me you love me, keep my commandments. Yeah. And those commandments are both in terms of prayer and living in purity, but it's also in terms of going and serving, mm -hmm. sacrificing our, comf our comforts and our conveniences, and eventually, in many cases, sacrificing ourselves. St. Yes. Paul poured himself out as a drink offering, as a libation for his people. Yeah. Yeah, I think my, my vision of ministry has been shaped by my many pilgrimages. I guess, I don't know how this happened, but I guess I've probably been to at least a hundred monasteries now. Wow. And I'm I don't really like to travel. <laughs> and none of them would keep you. They wouldn't, they literally wouldn't keep me. No, no. Only one person in the world is tough enough to keep me. Yeah. Uh, uh, so how has that shaped your view of ministry, the visiting all these monasteries? Well, every, every monastery is really different. And it's different based on the location, of course, and the time. But it's based on the abbot and the makeup of the monks mm. there. When I was on Mount Athos a year ago, year and a half, year, year ago now, uh, all the monasteries, all the abbots were issuing their new chore chart, I forget whatever it was called. Mm. It was a beautiful word. You know, and so there's a big meeting and the abbot was going to hand out, okay, this is now your chore. Done. And everybody was excited. Huh? And then we were there at the, we were there at Vatopedi Monastery for the Saturday night vigil. And there was, it was like the handoff, I guess. The 
the old ecclesiarch was there and the new ecclesiarch. And on Athos, the ecclesiarchs are, are in charge of all the books. And they have to run back and forth between the two choirs, the one on the right and left. Mm. And they, they canonarch, they read some of the verses, and then the choir sings it. And the, and the old ecclesiarch was really good. He knew what to do. But this new ecclesiarch, you could just see the, the terror on his face. And he was carrying four books, <laughs> oh. running back and forth. And he was just sweating. Oh. And then I was really glad to see the old ecclesiarch came and spelled him mm. after he broke him in a little bit. <laughs> So, but there was so much excitement, like, we can serve God. Mm. They wanted to do this heartily. Mm. And, you know, the one of the monks talked about, well, the abbot, of course he wants the good of the monastery as a whole, but he also makes the choice, what is the best for this monk at this point in his life? Mm. Uh, and uh, again, at Vatopedia, just, just seeing 120 monks, it was like a beehive. Mm. And they all were busy. They were all so focused, but there was so much joy and so much energy. Mm. You know, in the services and the meals, in everything just moved so, so smoothly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so how do I see ministry happening here? What is the first one there? I can't read right now. So the first one is, uh, live the Christian life. So if we're going to participate in Christ's ministry, it makes sense that we need to start by living the Christian life, by repenting, praying, keeping the commandments. We should first say, I will be drowned in the sea of life without the ark of salvation. And only then can we help the ark from the inside. Yeah, that was so important. Uh, how many times have I seen people think they're going to come and save the church? Mm. They're going to do this. Oh, fuck. <clears throat> We've got to get the church more money, we've got to do this, we've got to tighten up this, that. But they don't care, really, about what the church is about. Mm. Mm. Maybe they care from a cultural point of view or from an aesthetical point of view. But they are not part of the church. Mm. And it's just sad. Yeah. You don't donate your time to a museum or something. Right. We're, we're the living body of Christ. Mm. We're members one of another. We don't want some expert. Mm. No, we're a family here. Yes. Yeah. I will be drowned in the sea of life without the Ark of Salvation. Mm. Yeah, that's so good to remember. You know, the Ark was stinky. Mm. The animals went poo. Yeah, right. And pee all the time. It was stinky. But it was life. Mm. It was salvation from the blood, from the flood. Mm. Yeah, but we have to help from the inside. Mm. We can't help from the outside. Are we repenting? Are we praying? Are we keeping the commandments? Mm. Maybe that should have been first. Are we keeping the commandments, praying mm. and repenting? And repenting. Because we aren't doing those things right. Mm. Yeah. Oops. Well, as we're on the inside of the ark, then number two is participating in the divine services, not just Sunday liturgy, with humility, joy, reverence, peace, and thanksgiving. Yeah. Not just the Sunday liturgy. Right, not just the Sunday liturgy. Are, aren't those just extras, like add-ons? How should we... We're, we're, not, we're not monastics, so how should we relate to this? We have the Divine Liturgy, and then we have all these other services. Um, yeah, I just like to remember that Obviously, the liturgy is the pinnacle because the Eucharist is everything. Um, but um, well, we have to be prepared for it. Mm. There is a cycle of services. There is Vespers. There is Matins. And that's really where the theology, you know, the theology of the feasts, of the resurrection, it's all tied in there. Mm. And they, it prepares us. Mm -hmm. It sanctifies our time so that our hearts are ready uh, to, you know, we're not just, the liturgy is not fast food. <laughs> mm. We're not, it's not a drive up, you know, a McDonald's thing. Sometimes that seems like that, that's some of the ways that we think is that I'm going to, you know, come in quick, get, get my Big Mac and right. then head out but as soon as I've gotten it. Again, that's that consumer mentality. Yeah. Right. 
obviously, thank God, our parish here is, does not have very much of that. Right. You know, but but it's still sad to see it. Mm. I just can't imagine not going to Vespers on Saturday nights. Mm. I miss Vespers a couple times in 15 years, and I felt so weird mm. on Sunday morning, like, uh, I don't even know where to start. Mm. You know, I just didn't... It's like I didn't tie my shoes or something. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So participate in the services with humility. Mm -hmm. Like, like I don't belong here. Mm. I don't belong here. That's how we have to feel when we walk in the church. I do not belong here. And yet God has called me to be here and made me worthy to be here despite my unworthiness. Mm. If we don't feel like that, then we don't really belong in the church. The only time we belong in the church is when we feel like we don't belong in the church. Mm. Because of our sins. Yeah. Uh, with joy. That deep humility will make joy even higher, more crowning, because we see God's love. We see other people's patience with us. Because what a sinner I am. I'm the chief of sinners. And yet God's invited me. And yet my wife is still married to me after 20 years. Mm -hmm. And yet Bishop Thomas has still allowed me to serve this community after 12 years of messing things up, right? And reverence, you know? That reverence is love, that reverence is humility, that reverence is, I really don't belong here. This is a beautiful place. Yeah, peace. Mm -hmm. I mean, we don't come, we don't come with our own agendas. We don't come to, you know, Prove this or do that. And with Thanksgiving. That's the Eucharist. Everything yes. is Thanksgiving. God has given us everything. At least we take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord mm. as a way to say thank you. So number three then is confess your sins regularly with a humble resolve and concerted effort to stop sinning. Yeah. You know, this is interesting. It's harder and harder, I think, for people to... Just life is busier. So the scheduling part of confession is hard. Mm. And I think uh, it's compounded. People don't confess as much. Probably because I'm not a particularly wise confessor. Not a very good spiritual father. But I think people are less and less concerned about holiness. Mm. I think the media and the busyness of life and you know, the rat race and all of that stuff, is people are just less concerned about holiness. Mm. Less concerned, you know, it seems less important. I don't know. Father, what are what is your guidelines here at St. Philip? Um, and maybe how does that compare with the Archdiocese as far as frequency of confessing yeah. if we're taking, receiving communion? Yeah, so I believe... Metropolitan Joseph had said everybody should confess once a month, every six weeks. Um, I would like to see people confessing quarterly. I think that would be a nice way to a nice way to move to that um, quarterly confession. But uh, but when we confess more frequently like that, they don't have to be long drawn out things. Mm -hmm. I go to confession like three times a year. It's a, an hour and a half drive, and it's a longer time. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I confessed once a month or once a quarter, it would probably be much shorter. Uh, and the confession is the second baptism, right? We've right. stained our baptismal garments. Yeah. We are not worthy to take communion because of our sins. Mm. God, please clean, cleanse my heart. Mm. Give me a fresh start. Mm. That's what confession is. It's the most beautiful thing. And to really prepare and to really think, I'm not worthy to be here, but God is calling me and making me worthy. And he, he respects me so much, he involves me in that process of becoming worthy. It's not just a magical proclamation. I proclaim you worthy. No, we grow in worthiness, cooperating with his grace. Again, the free gift that costs everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the pre-communion prayers that we that we are uh, called to pray anyway before we 
we come on Sunday are so so rich with that contrast of my unworthiness, my sinfulness, and yet in your mercy, I I, I come I'm, I come boldly, yeah. and yet in the awareness of my my sinfulness, it's uh, so number four. Mm. Welcome, get to know, invite, and bring visitors. You no, know, we love we love God, mm. and that love for God should give us zeal give us joy and of course our zeal sometimes waxes and wanes and goes up and down mm. but in general we have this notion we have the most beautiful thing in the world here mm. and we want to share it mm. yes yes this is all part of ministry yeah. number five pray daily for our parish clergy and laity as well as our archdiocese our community country and world yeah, how can somebody take up the mantle of serving in God's name, whether officially in the parish or just in their community, in their family, without being a person of prayer? Mm. It's mm. unthinkable. Right. But if we tried to serve and we didn't pray, we would start praying pretty fast because <laughs> we'd realize how little we actually had. Mm. Number six, fulfill your monetary pledge to our parish, growing annually toward a tithe, and help with special needs and projects. Yeah, it's, you know, the lights have to be turned on. Mm. Father Noah has to be paid, otherwise he has to go get a job. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to, and things won't get done. You know, we have to pay the mortgage, we have to do this, we have to do that. It's just, it's important. Mm. How can you... You have to put your money where your mouth is, I guess, is how we say it in America. Right, right. I want to serve God, but I'm not going to support in that way. Yes. It's just a disconnect. It's not integrity. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a challenge, I think, both both ways with that. You know, Jesus' statement, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Sometimes it's easy to just write a check. Right. If you have the assets, you know, to write a check, but then not. Okay, I did my part, now I'm going to go on and live my life right and then the other side of it is well i'll serve and do some things but i already gave all i'm going to give i'm not going to give any more money i um, yeah and all of us are works in prod pro yes progress mm -hmm. you know none of us are perfect yeah. uh, i certainly don't perfect to do perfectly any one of these things yes yeah. but we're all growing are we growing are we repenting well, one of the ways that you have called all of us um, that consider St. Philip our, our home uh, is to host a coffee hour at least once or twice a year, uh, either on our own if we have the ability to do that or with other family or friends um, to serve serve our parish that way. Yeah, yeah, hospitality is super important, and it's a really important ministry. You know, we don't live in a village any longer, like back in Greece or Russia or wherever. We don't see each other all the time. So coffee hour, this fellowship, is a chance to deepen our bonds. Mm -hmm. That We have to kind of artificially create that opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, but thank God we can do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and coffee hour, just a reminder, coffee hour does not have to be a whole blown-out meal. It doesn't have to cost $6,000 or $600. Right. Finger Foods Foster Fellowship. Finger Foods Foster Fellowship. Just enough so we can sit and be refreshed for a minute yes. or an hour before we get on with our, our life. Right. So that, that frees us that maybe we don't have a lot to share, but we can still share. And then for those of us that are consuming on that Sunday, we also can consume graciously and uh, not complain about the little fare or not pile my plate full when there's other right. people to go in the lines and yeah receive yeah. hospitality graciously too, right for sure and again that hospitality comes out of our heart God wants he just wants what's in our heart he doesn't mm. that's what it's about mm. number eight help with outreach events especially the festival yeah, we have to serve. Mm -hmm. We have to serve in whatever way we can. Mm -hmm. And there are some events that just need all hands on deck. Right. You know, all brains in the think tank. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Actually, back to the festival. Okay. I've been telling people to invite people to church for a long time, and people, I guess, didn't feel comfortable doing that. 
And the festival is an easy way to invite someone to church. I wish you'd come to our church festival. Yes. It's so easy to say, and everybody says, oh, wow, I love the international food. Right, right. Oh, it sounds great. Right. Yeah, one of one of my son's uh, teachers came last year mm. because he was telling her about it, and yeah. she she made a point to come. So, it is an easy an easy invitation to offer. Yeah. So nine, be ready to serve as needed, whether in the parish, at home, school, work, in the neighborhood. Mm. Yeah, we shouldn't say no to God. Mm. <laughs> we shouldn't say no to God. Mm. If there's a need, we should step up and do it. Mm. Now we don't have to say yes indefinitely. Sometimes we can only help for 15 minutes, but we have to do something. Mm. We can't say no. Mm. Number 10, continue to be patient with all in the parish, including the clergy, as all grow in godliness, just as they are patient with you. Mm. I love that last little Ooh. line. <laughs> just as they are patient with you, with me. Yeah. Yeah, people that live in glass houses should not throw stones. Mm. Mm. <laughs> We all, we all are sinners. Yes. But yeah, so the devil wants to get in. The devil wants to destroy the church. Mm. So to scatter the flock. So we all burn in hell. Mm. That's what the devil wants. Yes. He wants to have fire yeah. to keep him hot for all of eternity. And he wants us to be the fuel. Mm. So we need, to, we need to be ready to not play into his tricks to destroy the church. That's a terrible thought. It's a terrible thought. Being yeah. the fuel for the fire of hell. Ah, Oof. Right. Yeah. That's not what God wants, by the way. That's what the devil wants. Yes. God and the devil are not cooperating. Yes. Number 11, fight the ever-present temptation to criticize, complain, gossip, and generally undermine our bond of love. Yeah. Hmm. I w I'm so thankful. You know, St. Philip's is like a priest's dream church. Hmm. It's such a good place. And yet we have to, we have to fight to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, there are little pockets of criticism, complaint, gossiping, undermining, in my own heart, of course, and in the parish. And you know what? If you're serving, why are you complaining? You're mm. serving because you're a servant, right. not because you're the boss, right. not because you're the judge. Mm. No, you're a servant. We serve out of love. We don't. Now, there is a way to complain out of love, actually. Mm -hmm. And it's to talk to the person mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I have trouble with something that happened. Right. And I'd like to address you humbly about it. Mm -hmm. That's good. Mm -hmm. A complaint can be a good thing. Mm -hmm. Or it can be terrible. Yeah. yeah I think St. Saint, Saint Paul wrote that if we continue to was it bite and devour each other, we'll be destroyed by one another. This, right. Like that nitpicking, complaining... Uh, is going to bring our destruction personally but also as a parish if that were to be the case number 12 always ask a blessing before starting pausing or stopping an official ministry of the parish i assume that means a blessing from you yeah yeah there should be a blessing from the priest the priest's mm -hmm. job is to make sure everything's done well mm -hmm. done in a godly way mm -hmm. yeah and there are times to start ministries to start participating in them or to start an actual ministry there are times to pause you know, if there's some upheaval in your life, you need to not sing in the choir, not serve in the altar, not do this, not do that. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then there are times to stop. Like, this is not working for me. Mm -hmm. Or I've been doing this for 30 years, or whatever. Mm -hmm. We don't do things on our own. Mm -hmm. Right? We don't do things on our own. We do things together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And number 13... Expect temptation and stand firm. Why should we expect temptation when we're trying to serve? <laughs> but shouldn't it be, it should go well, right? Yeah, if we're serving God, why, why temptation? Well, for all the reasons. Because we're all sinners. Right. There's going to be temptations from all the directions. Because the devil wants to mess things up. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So... Somebody says, well, I never go to coffee hour because people complain or mm. gossip. Or I would never serve on the parish council because you know too much. Mm. Well, maybe, you, maybe you're not prepared to do that. Or maybe you need to just fasten your seatbelt and say, well, this is the cost of service. Mm. Is that there are, will be temptations. There will be crosses. But through the cross, joy has come into all the world. Mm. 
our Lord was resurrected because he was crucified, mm-hmm. not the other way around. So we're back in the library after the sixth hour, and the epistle and the gospel reading were really illuminative, uh, shedding a lot of light on ministry. Mm-hmm. David, perhaps you could read the section of the epistle that has, has to do with this here. So the epistle reading was from uh, 1 Peter chapter 4. It was the first 11 verses, but I'll start at verse 7, where St. Peter writes, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling, as each one has received a gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So this passage touches on several of the things that we've already discussed, Father, from the, the ministry sheet here of serving out of love, of being hospitable without grumbling, complaining, being patient with each other. And then in verse 10, St. Peter says that we are Stewards of the manifold grace of God. What what exactly is he saying there? Stewards minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Yeah, God's grace is dynamic rather than static. And it's given in different times, different ways. And it isn't really an it, actually. God's mm-hmm. grace is God himself, mm-hmm. giving himself for different needs. Uh, just like the parable of the talents, some receive five, some receive two, some receive one. Everybody receives what they can handle and what they can utilize mm-hmm. and what they need. Uh, the manifold grace of God. But this notion of stewardship has everything to do with ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, this is God's talent given to us. We are to put it to work for Him, mm-hmm. <laughs> not for ourselves. Yes. Not to hide it under a bushel, mm-hmm. not to bury it in the sand. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. So we don't have to do what we can't do. But if we do the little things that we can do, I think God will supply more and more. Our Lord said, be faithful in little things, and I will set you over much. That's what ministry is, being faithful in the little thing that's asked of you. And then once there's a little faithfulness and success, a little bit more is asked. I know Bishop Thomas talks about that, how he started as a janitor. He started Mm. as a church janitor Mm. and a Sunday school teacher and a parish council, whatever, secretary, and then this and this and this, and all of a sudden... He's a bishop. (laughs) And all along he didn't have any hopes for anything else but just to be faithful with what he was doing at the time. Mm. Really a beautiful witness for us Mm. with the ability with which God supplies. Not to do less than we are given, but again, not to do more than we are given to. We don't have to save the church. We just have to love people. Mm. Love people actively. Love will cover a multitude of sins. And that's the the bond of love that we have in a parish, that we have it here at St. Philip's, is really important because we're all sinners. Mm-hmm. We do sin. We do bump into each other. We do step on each other's toes. And yet, in our active love, in our repentance, in our serving, in our sacrificing, that those things can be forgiven, they can be healed, there can be reconciliation. Yeah. And then the gospel today was so wonderful. From Mark chapter 12, Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, 
perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. That's what ministry is, loving God with everything we have and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Ministry in the parish, ministry in the home, ministry at work, ministry in the neighborhood, at the food pantry, all the places that we could be ministering to love our neighbor as ourselves. So David, as of January 1st, you are my employee. That's right, boss. <laughs> and I've hired you to work for me to not just make my job easier, but to actually make my job harder mm. so there would be more ministry to manage, more mm. to do. I hired you because of your uh, communication and organization skills, your experience in your Baptist pastorate, but primarily to, of course, pray alongside and help with the divine services. That's the first and foremost. But then primarily to help me organize the ministries and help me reach this goal so everybody in the church has some ministry here. Mm. All the children of God's house have chores. Mm. All the members have a ministry. All the stewards are servants. So, what does your job look like? How are you doing this? Well, that's a, that is a good question. It is in part unfolding as we, as we go, of course. I joked with David that we were actually having this interview so we could figure out his, what his job is. <laughs> that's right. And share it with all of you so you know <laughs> how you can help him do his job. That's right. And we can all grow together. That's right. As I as I understand it to this point anyway, my primary responsibility is to help to support and facilitate ministry on behalf of the parish. Not necessarily to to do a bunch of ministry, but to help make that happen in in some way, as Saint Paul talks about equipping equipping others for ministry, and so. That means a lot of doing alongside of, and a lot of recruiting and organizing, trying to to pull details together to enable people to to serve well. Yeah, along those lines, one of the things is to observe me and say, Father Noah, so and so could do that better than you. Mm. Let me ask them to do this for you, mm. or you don't need to do this anymore. Mm. You should be able to focus on priestly thing. Mm. Let me do this for you. Let me find somebody that can do it. Yeah. 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 Certainly, a a big part of my goal in accepting this this position was to be able to to take some things off of your plate to hopefully make your job easier, even while I'm making it harder. <laughs> Although I think I'm probably better at the latter than the former. Well, I mean by harder, I mean to have more people involved mm -hmm. means there's more sparks to fly. That's right. There's People are more aware of their sins. There's more confessions to hear, more counseling, because so-and-so drives me crazy. <laughs> when we get together for such and such a ministry, I just want to strangle him. <laughs> or whatever. Make the pastoral job harder. Yes. But the administrative job lighter. That's what I meant by that. Too. Yes. Well, by God's grace, that will happen, and... Uh, yeah, and my background, my past as a as a pastor before entering the the Orthodox Church has provided enough experience of what to do and maybe more experience of what not to do <laughs> um, by my own mistakes and 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 shortcomings. Um, so I, I really am. You know, my desire is just simply to to serve how I can be helpful and to be able to to help facilitate meaningful ministry for 
for our people here. And we have we have a lot of meaningful ministry has been yes. going on for a long time. Father Boniface got the church started mm -hmm. off in the right uh, frame of mind, the right spirit. And yes. this is a, a place of worship and a place of service. Mm -hmm. And I've been trying to build on that mm -hmm. and realizing that I need help to keep building. Our church is growing, thank God, and uh, I hope that it continues to grow beyond my limited pastoral. Mm. I, beyond my limits. Yeah, one of the things that I think you bring to this, David, is you have a, a strong sense of organization and order that how does such and such relate to the greater, the bigger picture? Mm -hmm. How does this little ministry, you could ask, we could say, well, how does this relate to the Sunday Divine Liturgy? Mm -hmm. How does this relate to, etc.? Uh, very important because it's easy for somebody that specializes in something in any field, you know, to start thinking that their something is the most important. Right. Whereas what we need is, is you know, something to be orchestrated. Mm -hmm. There would be harmony rather than a bunch of just melodies crashing into each other. So everything's done in harmony. Right. And one of the one of the challenges or or risk maybe even that comes with a growing parish the size of ours um, or larger is that we can end up kind of siloing off um, to pull a farm term you know it's like being in this little our own little bubble our own little silo of relationships of friends of ministry and not bring new people into that but also not see how that's connected to the larger the larger parish the life of the parish and so as with any kind of growth one of the the blessings is new life new opportunity new ideas uh, new new energy and passion um, but also one of the things that we have to be careful of is that we don't just break off into little groups under the same banner and that we we really do see our service as being serving the church as a whole even if it is helping with coffee hour or teaching a particular Sunday school class or singing in the choir um, how does that contribute to the the whole life of repentance and prayer uh, of St. Philip uh, as a community and so that's that's a part of what I hope to be able to continue to foster and, and encourage um, so David, what if somebody had the idea of a new ministry? Mm -hmm. They saw our community, mm -hmm. our parish community, or outside the community, they saw a need. What should they do? Well, that's a first, that's an encouraging step, that they actually saw the need and perhaps have some sense of at least, hey, somebody should do something about that, especially if they're considering that themselves. I would say two things. First of all, pray about whether they might be a part of meeting that need or not. And it's not just a, hey, someone else should do something, but <laughs> maybe God let me see this so that I could be a part of doing something. And then, obviously, talking to Father Noah, um, I would be happy to talk with them to just kind of explore the thinking process, the planning process, maybe, it's one thing to have an idea. It's another thing to pull together the necessary people and steps to start a new ministry. Um, sometimes we have great passion for something, but we don't know how to go about even beginning to say, well, I don't know, can I do this by myself or do I need others? What, what kind of skill set do people need in order to do this well? Um, how I need to have think and focus like what would the purpose of this be what would we be trying to accomplish so i think it can be it can be helpful um to ha have at least prayed and thought through worked through some of that before um you know really going full bore at father noah with you know that here's this ministry but i have no idea how this is going to happen but mm -hmm. i've thought through some things and that's something that i can help people with is to kind of think through some steps of well you might need this you might need to think about that you might want to get a team of two or three other people to 
you know, to work with you. And then let's sit down with Father Noah and say, here's what we're seeing. This is what we're thinking. What do you think? Um, do we have your blessing or do you want to redirect it or steer it another way? So, um, What if you don't want to have a ministry? Hmm. There are probably some people in our parish that don't want to have a ministry. Sure. They don't feel like they really need to have one, or they don't have time, or all these various reasons. Yeah. What do you say to them? Well, I think that there are, there are certainly some seasons of life where the amount of service that we can offer is significantly limited might be health situations, there might be some other kind of situation within our family where it really is largely very difficult to, to offer our, our, our time or maybe resources. Um, and in that case, I think a person should come and talk with you and talk through, pray through that situation, receive your blessing for that period of time. If it's not that, if it's just simply, I'm just not interested, I, I give money to this other group, or I volunteer at work with some other things, and I'm just not interested. I think, really, we just need to consider to what extent our, our call from Christ is, is to serve. Now, I think, I think you're calling us to serving like we all should be serving and ministering in some way through the life of saint philip if this is our family there also are ways perhaps that someone like that, that might say and i just don't want to take on anything at saint philip well maybe maybe they're serving a lot out in the community maybe they're potentially overextending themselves in some areas so they don't have the time to commit so i guess in general my my thought would be well, don't don't just stop with that conclusion. Let's, let's think about it, pray about it. What, why why do I think that? Why do I feel that way? Who do I need to talk to? And then you know, obviously, talking with you and or Father James as as a a wise counsel as well to just say you know, I don't know. I just really I don't I'm not interested in doing anything here. And and then there might be some other spiritual reasons why why that might be. Yeah. What if somebody wants a ministry but they don't even know, they want to be involved in a ministry, they don't even know how to start? Yeah. What should they do? Oh, well, that's the, that's the best scenario of all. <laughs> because uh, having the will to serve is maybe 90% of, of, of what's needed. Being willing, not willful, but willing. Um, so that's simply a matter of just coming. You can talk with me. Um, you can talk with Father. Uh, if you if you talk to me, I will say, that's great. Talk to David about <laughs> this or this or yes. this possibility. Right. So I think it's just a matter of exploring. You know, how has God? What what gifts has God put in you for the the building up of the body? And that's usually fairly easy to discern that through conversation and a, and a little bit of trial and sometimes error. Just, well, try this out for a little bit and partner up with this person and and then let's talk some more and, and, and pray about it. But but that's a great that's a great problem to have, to have the passion and the desire just needing some direction. Mm -hmm. Well, anything else you want to say about your ministry as the ministry support and... Well, I just I just want to say thank you to Father Noah, and uh, I am just uh, this is a this is a gift to me to be able to to come alongside and to serve, and um, I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for that. And thank you to the people of the parish uh, for their generosity, the yes. parish council, and the people in the general meeting that saw the vision. Right. Yeah. Don't let them down. <laughs> the pressure's on. The pressure's on. That's right. So I'd like to close. Is there anything else you want to say before we close? No, I think that's... I'd like to close with uh, a beautiful little poem 
from St. Nikolai of South Cana. Nikolai Delimirovich. Delimirovich. I never know how to pronounce his name. From the prologue uh, for February 4th. I just ran across this a couple of days ago. Hymn of Praise, a Sacrifice of Thanksgiving. He's captured the, the spirit of ministry and generosity and hospitality that, mm. that uh, our church offers to us and challenges us with. He says, Render sacrifice to God, a sacrifice of thanksgiving. O you who are wealthy by God's mercy. He who is wealthy, let him barter with what he has. Let each with his own gifts acquire the kingdom. Whoever is overflowing with money, let him offer money. Whoever has a bounty of wheat, let him distribute wheat. Whoever is given wisdom, let him teach others. Whoever's hands are strong, let him perform service. Whoever knows a trade, let him honorably uphold it. Let him conscientiously consider himself as a debtor to God. Let him who knows how to sing praise God. Only he is small who does not know God. With whatever one receives, with that let him serve. With mercy toward men, let him repay God. Not all are the same, nor do all possess the same, but everyone can offer a pure heart to God. O purity of heart, a sacrifice worthy of wonder, you are the crucial virtue of salvation. And on your, let me say that again, O purity of heart, a sacrifice worthy of wonder, you are the crucial virtue for salvation. And on your sacrificial altar, your incense ascends, arriving more swiftly than anything before the Lord. A sacrifice of thanksgiving. It's beautiful. Yeah. Father Boniface used to, used to use the phrase holy task, mm. and that's a phrase that I've used many times. But mm. we should each all have a holy task, mm. not because we feel like we must, but because we must. Mm. Out of, you know, we feel driven to thank God. Not we must because we're being constrained, but we must because it's the least we can do mm. for the great things that he has done for us. Well, thank you, Father, for your time today, and we just encourage everyone to consider how they are called to a ministry, to be a steward that serves a child with a chore. Every child a chore. Every yeah. steward a servant. And every, every member, member a ministry. A ministry. So grab onto one of those and, and let's serve together. Amen. <laughs>